It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, as always, with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, for the 11th year, DECAL is offering a summer transition program for students preparing to enter Georgia's pre-K program and kindergarten. However, this year, the program will be a little different due to the COVID-19 coronavirus. Commissioner, this has been a very popular and effective program for our youngest learners here in Georgia. It absolutely is. Um, It's a a short little six-week program in the summer, but the impact is great. And so although there will be some changes that we'll discuss today in our podcast, we're happy that we're going to continue that to offer the summer transition program this summer. And joining us to talk about summer transition is Jackie Shivers, Director of Quality Support for Georgia's Pre-K Program, and Megan McNeil, Summer Transition Program and Outreach Manager. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. you. We might want to point out we are still social distancing here on Decal Downloads. All of us are coming to you from our homes. And I know you've both been with us before, but for new listeners, uh, tell us how long you've been with Decal and what you were doing before that. And I'm adding a question on this edition. How has COVID-19 impacted you most? Jackie, let's start with you. Thank you, Reg. So I've been with DECAL for 20 years. I actually started off as a pre-K consultant, but now they're pre-K specialists. And prior to coming to DECAL, I was with Head Start and worked as an education resource specialist and site director. So how has COVID-19 impacted me the most? Well, I think like most people um, during this crisis, I've I've slowed down, you know, Um, I've always been one that's been um, just very busy. Um, and if there was ever any downtime, it felt like I should be doing something. But this crisis has really slowed me down, which I've come to realize, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine not to be busy all the time. When your days are filled with busyness, going to this place and that place, trying to get this thing done and that thing done, um, when you're free of all that, then You have more time for families and connecting with friends, which I have really um, come to enjoy and appreciate. And we don't have a studio audience on this podcast, but for 20 years, I think we need to do a little golf clap (laughs) and say congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bound. You don't see me, but yes. (laughs) That is amazing. Now, let me ask you this. I have to do a follow-up, and then we're going to ask Megan the same uh, questions. 20 years puts you here back um, before there was even a decal. Yeah. Office of School Readiness. Right, right. And it, does it go without saying that in all those years, um, 27 years, I guess, uh, coming up on 28 of a Georgia's pre-K program uh, in Georgia, is this the most unusual year you can remember? <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> it absolutely is um, the most unusual, but I am just so proud um, of the commitment and, and dedication of the agency and of my coworker. And it's been during these this time of crisis that I've come to realize, you know, how truly 
blessed I am to have an opportunity to work with such incredibly hardworking, caring, dedicated, going above and beyond um, group of people. Absolutely. They've done an incredible job. And uh, working in tandem with our IT team, they have done an amazing job of shifting over to online resources like George's Pre-K program at home and uh, toddler time at home and some other things within that department. But um, kudos to the whole team uh, through the COVID-19 experience. Megan, how about you? Give us uh, your time here at DECAL and what you were doing prior to that. Okay. Thanks, Reg. Um, so I actually will be here 19 years um, in October. So I'm a little bit uh, short of Jackie's time here. but um, And I did everything she said just about being um, here during the COVID-19 and how great everyone's been. And it's amazing to work with such a great group of people. Um, before I came to DECAL, I actually lived in Chicago. So I worked with preschoolers with special needs in Chicago got married, moved to Georgia, and started working for the state with our inclusion program and kind of moved into pre-K once um, I started with DECAL. So it's, it's been a, a long time, but it's also been a great time. Um, with COVID-19, I would say for me personally, um, just the impact I think it's had on all students has probably been, I guess, the hardest for me as a mom and as an educator. Um, having to figure out with my own kids, as well as hearing stories from friends and other people, how they're having to deal with digital learning with their own students is, I feel really bad for people because it's not easy. Um, but I also have a high school senior um, who completely missed out on so much this year. And I think that's probably been the hardest out of anything is just not seeing her get to experience all those awesome things you get to usually as a high school senior. So I know she's been disappointed. Um, she did just find out that her college is opening in Michigan. Um, she's going to Michigan State in August. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that she actually gets to go to college. So as of right now, she is. But um, just, just the impact on the students has really been what's hardest for me this year. Well, 19 and 20 years again, uh, the, the round of applause for Megan, because that's terrific. And uh, Commissioner, I don't know about you, but I feel like a rookie. Yeah, definitely rookies here. But hey, we've got 40 years of experience on our side. So uh, we'll just go with that and depend on right. Jack and Megan to help us out. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Megan, so disappointed for your daughter. I know we had, we talked a little bit about it, but um, I'm hoping that uh, she'll remember. She'll always remember this, right? Probably not for the right reasons, but hopefully she'll get to go on to Michigan State, right, in um, the fall. So yeah. very disappointing. But I'm sure you are doing the best to, to keep it real, right? Yeah. And I always say we have these stories of, you know, walking to school in the snow and they can't believe that because I'm from Chicago. <laughs> so now I'm like, your story is going to be you didn't get to graduate from high school like everyone else did. So, yeah. And their kids yeah. are going to roll their eyes just like our kids do yep. when we tell our stories. <laughs> They're going to be like, what are you talking about? We have virtual graduation. We're not sure what you mean you didn't get to graduate. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I guess we should talk about summer transition. So um, for those of you who aren't as familiar, uh, Jackie, can you give us a definition of the summer transition program, who's involved and how it works? And really, I think the gist of it, are there really two programs, one for rising pre-K and one for rising kindergarten? Yeah, um, there are. So the summer transition program is an intensive academic program that's provided to young children during the summer to support their transitions and development, um, particularly their early literacy skills before they enter kindergarten or Georgia's pre-K. 
Um, but unlike Georgia's pre-K, it targets high-risk children, so families must meet certain income eligibility guidelines. It's typically a six-weeks program, um, Amy, which you mentioned earlier, but because of the current public health crisis, the program will run for four weeks this summer. It's a six-and-a-half-hour instructional day for children like pre-K, and the classes are staffed with experienced Georgia's pre-K teachers. Now, with the summer transition program, there's also additional funding for a transition coach, and the transition coach plans weekly engagement activities and activities for students to take home to complete with their family. And they also connect families to community resources, which we know will be critical um, considering um, what we're going through right now. And um, they'll help prepare families and their children for their transition to kindergarten. And to answer your question, are there two programs? Yes, there is. We have the Rising Pre-K program, which is designed for children who are registered to attend Georgia's pre-K in the upcoming school year and whose home language is Spanish. So rising pre-K classes are staffed with at least one bilingual teacher who is fluent in both English and Spanish, and the program must also have a bilingual transition coach to engage those families. Our rising kindergarten program is designed for children who either did not attend the Georgia's pre-K or Head Start program this school year or they attended, but they need additional support, um, kind of like a boost before they enter kindergarten. Um, So again, uh, both programs target high-risk children, so families must meet a certain income eligibility um, standard in order for their child to attend. Well, since March, I guess the big question has been, will we have a summer transition program in 2020? And Megan, the answer is yes. But uh, when does it start and uh, what are some other ways that it will be impacted this year? Um, Well, we're thankful that we are actually getting to run the summer program. And we've had some incredible providers who have been so flexible and understanding as we navigate through this process. So every time I talk to them, I give them a shout out because um, we've been changing things very frequently based on the data and the information that we have. And so they've also had to change what they're doing. And and again, have just done an incredible job of being patient and understanding, and and I love them for that. Um, Jackie mentioned um, one of the big changes is it's going to be um, a a four-week program, and traditionally it's a six-week program. So there's been some adjustments um, with schools having to deal with that. Our typical start date in a a traditional year would be June 1st or the week of June 1st. Um, This year, we made the decision to not have any students in the classroom um, before June 15th. And so we've given schools the opportunity to choose a start date, either June 15th or later, and run for four weeks um, from that time frame. So they're able to go in and create their own calendars um, for what works best for their schools. So we have some that are going to start June 15th, and we have some that are going to start later, and some that are even going to only run in July, because that's that's what they feel is best this year for their school. And so um, they will have the ability to to choose those dates. Um, I think one of the big changes for our transition coaches and our schools is that this year we're not allowing any outside individuals into the schools, um, and that's a big change. Normally, we have special visitors, special guests. We have Alliance Theater that normally goes in with their teaching artists and do um, activities in the classrooms. We have schools who take field trips and schools who have parents come in, and so all of that is not allowed this summer, and that's a big change for them um, to not 
have any outside individuals in the, the classrooms with them. So I think, again, we're having to make adjustments and especially our transition coach position, which is somebody who, like Jackie said, is the parent connection, the family connection person. And they normally host workshops in the buildings. They have meetings one-on-one with families in the buildings. And so they're having to um, kind of rethink how they're doing things this summer and maybe providing more one-on-one situations um, or, you know, doing things over the phone or on a virtual platform. Our um, professional um, learning folks at DECAL have been great and included um, some of our transition coaches and some of their training on the best practices in virtual learning. So some of our transition coaches who weren't familiar with doing anything virtually have had the ability to go and uh, um, attend this training and learn more and learn how to be a little more comfortable doing it in that type of platform. Um, the good thing is, is our um, the amount of students that we're serving has not been impacted um, because they are allowed to have their traditional 14 students in rising pre-K and 16 students in rising kindergarten. So that's that's great news for our schools and our families. Yeah, definitely a lot of changes in adapting to uh, COVID-19 requirements. But Megan, how many classes do we normally have and how many are we expecting for this year? So um, that's also been changing quite frequently because we have folks who thought they were going to operate and and have uh, made the decision or the decision has been made that they won't be operating. But in a normal year, um, we have 222 classrooms combined with rising pre-K and rising K. Um, This year right now where we stand is at 175 classrooms. So we obviously have had some folks who've chosen um, not to open up or not to run the program this summer. Unfortunately, a lot of them are our school system programs, and we understand that the systems decided not to open or run any summer school programs, which has impacted our summer transition program at those locations. But again, they've all waited till the very last minute to make sure that was the right decision, and we've allowed them to do that, and we completely understand that they're doing what's best um, for their families and, and, and their schools and their teachers. So we did and we're able to expand some of our current um, providers and add some additional classrooms to kind of pick up for some of those areas where we won't have a school system that's open this summer. But we stand today at 175 classrooms total. So I know there are limited opportunities, really even more so this year. How do we determine what students qualify for the summer transition program? And then how do you determine the providers uh, who qualify to offer the program? So Jackie spoke a little bit about our um, priority groups, um, and we always have priority groups in the summer um, because because it's important to make sure that since it's a targeted program and we're trying to serve uh, certain groups of students that we're, we always have groups that we're looking at, which include, like Jackie mentioned, our um, children who've never been in a formal four-year-old pre-K setting or Head Start setting. Um, we have our students that maybe attended part of a year due to the fact that they might have moved into the area late or they were on a waiting list and got into a program late or possibly they missed a lot of school for medical reasons. Um, and then we also have that group of students who've been in school all year, um, which we consider this year, August through March, um, but that they still need additional time and support in the classroom. So a lot of our students who are dual language learners, some of our families who may be homeless or our children that are in foster care, um, and then children that, um, based on teacher input or um, our work sampling online data, those students are still really struggling to meet um, the expectations to go to kindergarten. And then we've also included this year um, 
families who are a part of an essential workforce, that those students that are a part of that family would be considered a priority group. So with that being said, all of those families still need to meet our income eligibility requirement. And that's due to the fact that we use um, a majority of the money that funds the program is federal funding. And with the federal funding comes the um, requirement of that expectation of meeting the eligibility requirement for income. Um, and then providers um, who qualify. So normally um, we, we have continuation providers from year to year. And then some years we open up an application for new providers or for providers who currently are with us to expand their classrooms. Um, so this year, before COVID-19 had happened, um, based on funding, we made the decision not to open up an application for any new providers. So all of our providers this year that are with us are continuation providers um, from last year or for previous years. So um, they've all been with us. They've all been operating the program and will continue to do so this summer. So Jackie, let's talk a little bit about the curriculum. What does a day in the summer transition program look like? Uh, would you consider it pre-K on steroids? So you could say that the summer transition program is on steroids. There's a short amount of time that teachers have to make impact. So with the summer transition program, teachers use the Opening the World of Learning curriculum, which is also known as OWL. And OWL places a strong emphasis on building language and literacy skills, and it covers all of the learning domains, such as social studies, math, arts, physical development, social, emotional development, and all of those things that are covered um, in Georgia's pre-K. So although OWL is the curriculum, the foundation of instructional planning is the Georgia Early Learning and Development Standards, also known as the JELS. So when you walk into a summer transition program classroom, and Megan touched on this, you'll see smaller class sizes compared to Georgia's pre-K. The maximum class size for rising kindergarten is 16 students, and in rising pre-K, the class size is 14. You'll also see learning centers set up and supplied with materials, books, and learning activities. And throughout the day, you'll see lots of interactions among teachers and students. If you're in a rising pre-K class, you'll hear both English and Spanish used throughout the day. And research tells us that learning opportunities for dual language learners are maximized when both languages are used in the classroom. So because the summer transition program is designed to give each child a boost before starting pre-K and kindergarten, part of the instructional day includes teachers working with small groups of children on activities that they intentionally planned for them based on the needs of the children in the group. And that's what makes the summer transition program teachers so amazing. They know their children, um, they know where they are, and they plan each day based on the needs of each student in their class. And prior to the start of the summer transition programs, teachers get intensive professional development. And Jackie, I know at DECAL, we all feel good about this program, but has it been evaluated by outside independent researchers? And what impacts does it have on children participating? So yes, we do feel good about the program and the Frank Porter Grant. Child Development Institute at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill has evaluated the summer transition program, and the results from the evaluations show that children made significant gains in language and literacy skills over the course of the program. So children who attend the Rising K make gains in both literacy and math, and children who attend 
rising pre-K make gains in receptive language skills and vocabulary. Um, the full reports can be found on the DECAL website. So, um, Megan, you also coordinate the Pre-K Teacher of the Year program. Where do we stand with that right now? Um, yes. So we announced our sixth finalist for the Teacher of the Year for the 2020-2021 school year. We announced them um, just a few weeks ago in May in a very non-traditional way as well. We had to do the, that via a virtual platform, but we did announce them. Um, we have six uh, finalists total, three in private child care centers and three in our local school system. So when they come back to school in August and keeping our fingers crossed that they're back in their classrooms in August, there um, are traditionally three components that we have them um, do in the fall, which is one is a classroom observation that is completed on each of their schools and it's scored. They have a videotape that they submit of a small group activity that is scored by outside um, scores that we use. And then they come to the Atlanta office for a face-to-face interview, or it may be a virtual interview this year um, with folks that are not in pre-K. And so those three pieces are all um, scored, and then the winners are chosen from that. So the winners traditionally are announced in mid-September, and we're hoping that we can stick to that timeline this year. But obviously, it's all dependent on what happens over the next couple of months, and and we'll uh, change what we have to do if, if we can't be in person doing things in the fall. Well, we ask each of the finalists how they feel about progressing this far, and here's what they had to say. Hi, I am Trisha Floyd, and I teach at Maxwell Pre-K in Gwinnett County. I was asked to start the first pre-K program in the county 13 years ago, and I have been singing and dancing the tootie ta ever since. Over that time, 260 Georgia Pre-K students and their families have come through my classroom doors. I am super excited to have helped start their educational careers in a positive way. Pre-K teachers work extremely hard and are devoted to their students. It is wonderful, after 28 years of teaching, to receive recognition and know that all the hard work is noticed and appreciated. Who would have known that we would have been facing a pandemic and a disruption to our school year? It has been a challenge, but the students and their families have responded well. Sharing my news that I am a Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year finalist with my family, co-workers, students, and their families has definitely been a bright spot to the end of this school year. It would be a great honor to represent all the outstanding Pre-K teachers of Georgia because Georgia Pre-K teachers rock. My name is Alderine Healy from the YMCA Paulding Early Learning Center, and I'm proud to be a finalist for the Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year. I am proud of this nomination because it highlights the quality teachers at my center and shows my rural community that they are great teachers right in their backyards. I know there are many exceptional early childhood educators across Georgia who are passionate, committed, dedicated, and willing to go the extra mile to ensure the success of their students. So to be considered as a finalist is humbling and encouraging. I am proud to be a part of this profession that allows me to positively impact the lives of children and their families. And I'm looking forward to highlighting the benefits of the Georgia Pre-K program as I continue to prepare future leaders today. Hi y'all, this is Heather Melillo from West End Elementary School in Rome, Georgia. I've been teaching pre-K for about 10 years, five up in New York, 
and the last five here in Georgia. Pre-K is definitely where my heart is. Being named a finalist for Teacher of the Year is such an incredible honor. I am over the moon excited and truly humbled by all the kind words and support I am receiving from my family, my work family, my friends, and my community. Bright from the Start is a fantastic program that I have the privilege to be a part of. I give my all to every student every day, and they do the same for me. Being a Teacher of the Year finalist has reminded me how important teachers truly are and the wonderful impact we have on so many people. I love what I do, and I will leave you with this quote that sums up all of the Teacher of the Year finalists. Teachers who love teaching teach children to love learning. Good afternoon. My name is Yeri Moore. I am lead pre-K teacher over at Andrew Walter Young YMCA in Atlanta. I am humbled and honored to be one of the finalists for Pre-K Lead Teacher of the Year. That is because this is a year that almost wasn't. I had to fight this summer to obtain my credentials to be able to keep my job. The Pre-K prerequisites had changed and I was the one that was affected by it. I had to take three more courses this year and just barely by the hair of the skin of my chinny chin chin was able to make it to be able to keep my job. So to have this conversation and keeping my job it is totally relevant to me and I am thankful for the opportunity being a master's of professional counseling and I was also in my doctoral program of industrial organizational psychology put aside to make sure that I keep my job as pre-k teacher at Andrew Walter Young YMCA thanks for the opportunity hello my name is Genevieve Rodriguez and I am so excited to be selected as a finalist for pre-k teacher of the year what this means to me is that I can share my passion for social emotional education and early childhood with other teachers and parents, and we can build a better future for our state and our country. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Dina Snowden. I teach pre-K at Demarest Elementary in the city of Demarest in the Northeast Georgia mountains. I'm excited to be selected as a finalist for Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year. I'm overwhelmed with this selection as all of Georgia's pre-K teachers are so deserving of this recognition for all the hard work they have done with our pre-K students and families during this unprecedented time. To me, through this process, I hope to help uh, support students and families and teachers as we all adjust to so much newness every day. I hope to share my love for pre-K through this experience. So again, congratulations to our six finalists for Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year. We look forward to uh, finding out who our two winners are, our finalists, uh, at the end of the well, the summer. And like Megan said, hopefully we'll be on schedule announcing that sometime in September, just in time for uh, Pre-K Week in October. I'm saying all this like it's just going to be a regular year. in 2020, and it's been nothing but, but we are certainly hoping for that. Back to summer transition, um, where do families go for more information, and is there the possibility of still registering at this point? Yes, so families can find locations. Um, The most up-to-date listing has just been put on our website, so if you go to the DECAL website and visit the Summer Transition Program webpage, There is a tab towards the bottom that says families, and you'll see that there's a list of our sites there, which includes their address, their phone number, um, the county that it's located in, and how many classrooms they have. So you would want to contact 
the school directly to inquire about registering for the summer transition program and everything that the family would need as far as registration forms, eligibility documentation would all be something they would receive from the school that they're interested in attending. But yes, absolutely, we still have spots. Um, I know some of our schools um, are full, but I know we have a lot of schools who are still looking for students. So absolutely reach out to those locations. Very good. Well, it's a great program. It's been proven year in, year out. And uh, despite the uh, obvious challenges of this year, um, we're certainly hoping it's going to be a great experience. Uh, kind of compacted into four weeks from six weeks, but uh, good luck to all of the programs. And as Megan said, uh, and Jackie have said, uh, we want to thank the programs that are sponsoring it, have uh, seen a way to continue with their commitment to the program and best of luck to these outstanding teachers uh, that do this over the summer. Jackie and Megan, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Rich. You're welcome. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Emily Grossoff and I'm a specialist in the pre-K division. My question for the commissioner is, what has been the most interesting thing about your work at DECAL since the COVID-19 outbreak? Well, thanks, Emily, for that question. It's hard to narrow it down um, to just one thing that's been interesting. Um, I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is how quickly everyone in DECAL adapted to this new virtual environment. You know, I know many of our staff members are used to working from home, but not always doing everything virtually, every meeting virtually, you know, every webinar, um, every training. Um, so that has definitely been different, but I think we've, we've, we're beginning to adjust. Um, I still don't like it completely, um, but it, it's what we need to do at this point. But I think going forward, um, it's going to be even more interesting because, you know, as we, we get back into programs and the classrooms and as we get back to the office, um, I think we're still going to have to adapt and they're going to be even more interesting things um, like wearing masks and continuing to make sure we wash our hands more often and don't touch our face. So um, I think uh, not only has it been interesting, it's going to continue to be interesting. We're going to be continuing to learn how we live in the presence of COVID-19 because I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. So we've got to learn how to be safe and continue to live around it, I guess. And for our employees and for our customers and visitors that would come to the Atlanta offices, you do have a plan put together for reopening uh, DECAL. And I think the initial plan here, uh, sooner than later, is to have a uh, Tuesday-Thursday schedule uh, during the week when people can come down. That's right. So we're going to open our offices on Tuesday and Thursday, our seventh floor main reception area, um, in case anyone needs to come down to to drop off any paperwork. There's really no reason um, we can do everything electronically or by phone, but we know sometimes people um, may need to come down. And so, yes, our offices will be open on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, beginning very soon with a very limited staff. We encourage everyone to continue to to contact us online. And uh, we will keep you posted on our social media. These things do seem to change day by day uh, in the environment that we're working in right now. So uh, please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow Commissioner Jacobs at ComJacobs, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Lots of things going on, and we want you to be informed. It's time for the decal download quiz your chance to win a nice prize by answering a question correctly and having your name drawn from all the correct answers 
You can send your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. Here's your question. How many summer transition program classes will be offered this year across Georgia? How many summer transition program classes will be offered this year across Georgia? Answer that correctly. You could win a big prize. Thanks for listening and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs. 